You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. We're alongside my wife, Pam. Each and every week, we take some time out and try to go where you want us to go as the SMR Nation. Mm -hmm. And the way we do that is you let us know what's on your mind uh, by calling in or emailing. The number you can call our voicemail line is 214-702-9565. Or as always, that's been around for over eight and a half years, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Send us your emails, your questions, your thoughts, your praise, your concerns, your comments. We want it all. Because maybe your spouse is telling you that too. I want it all. I want it all, baby. <laughs> well, we want to help that happen in, in your in your marriage. Uh, and then where we want from you as the SMR Nation is to continually show up each and every week as you faithfully do. To uh, help us spread the word that married life and married sex is the hotbed for sex. Because we believe that it's uh, there's a sacred blessedness to it mm-hmm. that can come along with that relationship. And so we want you to jump on iTunes or Spotify or iHeartRadio or however you listen to us, Google Play, rate and review, leave a comment, please, because that helps uh, spread the word far and wide. And then if you want to go even further this summer, uh, as you see family, as you see friends and stuff, just grab their phones and subscribe for them. You know, just... They'll have a treat next time Absolutely. they get on there. Absolutely. They'll be like, why in the app? world is this showing up in my podcast feed? Well, I guess I'll listen to it. Why not? And then now they're a part of the SMR Nation, and that's what we love to have happen. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is several of your questions and your answers. We're trying to jump right in today to, to spend more time with the questions Let's that have come in uh, that have been in the queue for a while. And then on the, the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. We're going to dive deeper into this idea of what is your marriage story? Nice. And I'm not even going to unpack it more. Don't, don't. Because it's going to be worth recognizing. Mm-hmm. How do you make your story better? Mm-hmm. Which I think enhances every aspect of your marriage and your life. Right. So all that's coming up on today's show. So here's an email that came in um, that's worth just diving right into, Pam. So I love listening to your show, and I've been binge listening, so here's my issue. My wife and I met online. We had a long-distance relationship for three years before we met in person and soon after we got married. We've now been married for almost 12 years, have four kids. My wife and I have both increased in weight. I'm 36 years old, and my wife is 32. Our sex life is active, but one problem has presented itself, and that's my difficulty in keeping an erection. I'm able to get hard with direct stimulation, but once the stimulation stops, I start to go soft again. I can get aroused from giving her a massage or through passionate kissing, but not hard enough for penetration. Once I ejaculate, I'm usually done for the night, and no matter how much stimulation I receive. So what can I do? Hmm. How much of that I wonder has to do with weight and right because that is a condition, statement this, physical condition that's thrown in there uh, that he mentions just kind of in passing and I don't know if we put into our own thought processes enough of how 
our health, our overall health and our weight uh, not only can affect us uh, physically, but it also really affects us mentally mm-hmm. because you can get into an element of it just adds another hurdle and it makes a little bit more of a negative self-image maybe or a self-conscious or an insecurity maybe for one or both of you. And the one sophistication thing that's important to recognize when you're talking about sex is there is so much reading of each other going on. Right. We don't even recognize it. Right. And so there is an element of if you, because let's go just with a hypothetical um, to set the stage for this conversation real quick, Pam, is if one party, if one spouse in the relationship um, has a change in their um, physical appearance. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, via weight gain, via age, via whatever. And now all of a sudden they have a different level of insecurity. Their spouse will pick that up, pick up on that, and oftentimes interpret that as their own fault. They're a, a part of it. They're complicit mm-hmm. in it. They're sure. something. And then you're, and then both of you are sitting there wondering, I don't know what just happened. Mm-hmm. And so it's just recognizing that's a factor. And I'm assuming because he made reference to it that it is a factor, right? Mentally, at he least. He knows it. It's, it's, it's a noticeable difference mm-hmm. from when they met to where they are now. Okay. It also sounds like they've had um, a pressure cooker of a relationship. If you're talking about long distance to married and now four children in 12 years. I mean, that's a... That's a lot of, I don't know, timing of that. Well, but that's a lot a, of change. That's a lot least, of change right? that can that will impact. A lot of real life going on mm-hmm. there. That's, I'd, I'd and that's say what that's I mean by normal. the pressure cooker of yeah. all of a sudden now it's not just us being able to explore each other. We got kids and mm-hmm. we got family and we got finance and we got life mm-hmm. that's going on. But here's the thing that jumps out to me. Um, to his question of I can't stay hard without direct stimulation. That is not an... an it's not as uncommon of an issue that I've come across okay. as most people might think. Okay. And a lot of it is because of how we get so clouded in our brain that we're so focused on other things that can be going on during sex, be it insecurities, stress, um, goal, technique, performance, mm-hmm. <laughs> process, uh, roadmap. I mean, there's all these different things, and there's actually a, a phrase from uh, Masters and Johnson who coined this term called spectatoring, which is where you're focusing on the, your performance or yourself in the perform and how you're performing or a goal rather than the moment. So if, are you saying that in that scenario, if you're not being physically touched, like for him, the penis isn't being physically stimulated then his mind is wandering about all these other things. And the only way he can stay focused is Could be. And key. the other thing that makes me wonder about this thought process is because he talks about I can I can get an erection when I'm when it's passionate kissing or it's a massage. Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder as it's going on as he's getting a chance to engage and connect with his wife in a different way. Uh-huh. There's also in his head a part of his brain going, What's the state of my erection during mm-hmm. this? Yeah, there's a notice of that, and I don't know if that's enough to where it's throwing him off or not, but it's something that's worth noting to me. Sure. And so, a lot of times, you know, what usually shows up when we're doing spectatoring stuff, it's it's critical internal dialogue or distracting thoughts. It's not, man, I'm doing so good. 
<laughs> yeah, true. It's a negative con- connotation to it most of the time. Yeah. And so a lot... Because we're our own worst enemy, right? Yes, totally. So spectating is oftentimes, you can think of it as it's the opposite of being in the moment. Okay. Of just re- relaxing during sex, that you're analyzing the situation more than just enjoying it and where it may go. And so the two points I want to end it with him is... Um, Obviously, an erection matters if you're wanting to have penetrative sex with your wife. Mm-hmm. But if you want to have sexual experiences with her, especially if you are the one that's on the giving side of that, you don't have to have an erection at all. Okay. Right? You could do a lot of things that are truly giving and compassionate and connecting with her. So if you do want that and you need direct stimulation, Okay, that's where you are at the stage in life. Because it's not a stage, I don't even like that phrase, season in life. Right. Because maybe you need to start bringing in some different senses into the experiences together, which can be through the sensate focus where you just try to have some episodes together where you just focus on the sensations going on in your body. Mm-hmm. Actually feel them mm-hmm. and experience it, but don't make it goal-oriented. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, most men that have any kind of, a lot of men that have ejaculatory or erection issues, it's goal orientation that's getting them getting in the way. So it's a mind game. Yeah. That all of a sudden it's like, oh, this isn't happening. So now it's just compounding itself. Yeah. What's wrong? What's wrong? I can't make it work. I can't Rather make it work. than slow down. This can happen mm-hmm. for women too, especially if they have a little bit of a struggle or any struggle at all achieving orgasm. Mm-hmm. And they've had orgasms in the past. They're like, wait, it's not happening. And then you start trying to bear down and pressure. And pressure is not a good component for reaching an orgasmic level. Agreed. For most people. Agreed. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's just recognizing that slow down, don't make it as such a such goal-oriented process. And then his last statement of once I've achieved or ejaculation, I'm usually done for the night. Okay. There's a lot of people that fit that category. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty darn normal. It's portrayed as, oh, you should be able to go again, especially if you're only 36. Yeah, that's not across the board. I've had several clients that, yep, one, one and done. Mm-hmm. And then my refractory period isn't that I'm not capable necessarily. It's just I, there's a lot of things that aren't in line at that point. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way they've kind of mapped it in their mind and in their relationship. And that's where they want it to go. So relax, give yourself a break and see if you can make encounters with your wife that aren't about a goal, but are just about the connection. Mm-hmm. An email has been in the inbox for a little bit. It says, we are big fans. We have been for years of your podcast. And they also are fans of Anatomy of Marriage. So shout out to Seth and Melanie. We're Christ followers, and my hubby and I have, been a, have a burning question surrounding porn. We've used it occasionally for our whole marriage together, sometimes separate, but we always talk openly about it. And we have found parts of it to be very beneficial. I've learned a ton about sex in some ways. Over time, I've become, begun to become disgusted with it. We usually only watch tasteful things and not the porn star type. Anyway, I'm not physically drawn to my husband chemistry-wise. Like, maybe only when I'm ovulating, but that's it. I never really have been physically attracted to him in a sex appeal way. Once we're warmed up and going, of course I'm more receptive. Porn has been a way to turn me on per se, but I find that I don't get turned on hardly by sex alone. My husband still gets turned on by it, although he tends to suggest it quite often lately to get us going. 
I've mentioned that I'm not into it at times. He's respectful, but seems to have logic and reason behind his reasons. Are there any studies proving that porn is damaging? Is some porn okay for education? Help. Hmm. So this is one of those hotbed topics that right. we've touched on before. Many times before. That this is a subject that comes right. up in almost all the time. Any episodes that we've done and then for sure other um, shows that might be in the Christian marriage arena, whenever this topic of porn comes up, it's going to be pretty negative on the slant of it's destructive and it's painful because it is, that's the result of a lot of people's experience with it. Yeah. So I want to honor that and recognize where, where we are in line. And some of this is based off of a statement we've made in the past or I've made in the past of as long if things are in the open, I have less concerns. And I'm, kind of, I'm saying that as a therapist. Right. Okay. Because a lot of what's most destructive when this kind of content comes up in a marriage is the secretness of it. Right. And then it starts to become a destructive force that pulls you from each other. And it's something you're competing uh, against. And it's a betrayal. And there's a lot of hurt and pain. Right. All that to say, their question of, are, is it damaging? I want, uh, there's, a, there's several things in here. I think you probably picked up on it, too. Well, <laughs> it's not I just mean, a question about porn. I'm picking there's up on number questions. one. She's I mean, she's saying flat out she's disgusted by it. And it sounds like she's pretty much emailing in to get ammo to go back to the spouse to say, here's why we shouldn't do it. OK, so we're being we're being requested to give her ammo to go back and say, I don't want to do this anymore. When ultimately that's a decision she's got to make herself. It's her call, right? And if this is something that disgusts you, why does it disgust you? And what issue is it causing within your marriage? Right. Right. And so this is, again, this is building off of the values of the people involved. Right. Right. This is building off of what is it that I want to live my life according to as a Christ follower or as a married spouse or... As a human, because we have across the board listeners. Right. Right. And so we try to here at SMR, we don't want to take moral stances on things in some regards. There are some absolutely we will. Right. We have because, our moral stance, but we want to give you good information. Right. But right? yeah, first and so, foremost. So roll with it. Roll with what you got. All right. And so is porn harmful? Uh, studies continue to show that porn, porn use... The problems that are created with it is it's a dopamine, it can become a dopamine addiction. Yeah. That what the stimulation, what it provides, and what it triggers in the brain, and this is usually the greatest when it's associated with any kind of ejaculatory, ejaculatory orgasmic release, because mm -hmm. that just embeds that pathway even more. Mm -hmm. But there is a stimulation of the quick hit spike that can come from that kind of a dalliance into. The, vi the visual, mm -hmm. right? And so that usually, if you're talking about any kind of a dopamine hit, then you're talking about escal escalation issues that typically it's the, the law of diminishing returns. Right. That whatever I had that satisfied, I need more of later because it becomes something that becomes a struggle. Right. Well, I go back to the uh, Rockefeller comment about how much money is enough. Just a little more. Just a little more. It's the same thing with porn, right? It can, How absolutely much porn can is be. Just and it's not across more. the board that everybody does get into a 
deeper, darker, more destructive path. Right. That's uh, that's sure. that is that is that was not my case. Right. Right. That my case through the years of my struggles with pornography, it did not get into the deeper, darker. And it might have just been because I've done, I had done enough research that there's another part of my brain saying, nope, you're not going that far. Gotcha. And you're able to stay with just the regular, more vanilla, if you will. But are, there are some studies I came across. That most of these are the ones I just came across all came out in 2018. Okay. That um, a couple of things that were found in this is that um, overall frequent porn viewing was associated with lower sexual satisfaction mm. on, on the research that was done. That this, and these are all research studies I would trust. Mm-hmm. That they're peer-reviewed. Mm-hmm. They're in ed, um, professional journals. So they've gone through the protocols. Okay. It's not just somebody speculating. Okay. Um, another thing that they found, and this is a more correlated research, that, but is porn, if porn is taken as a how-to manual, it does a bad job to say the least. Because when instructing viewers on sexual pleasure, it's inaccurate, and it likely leads to less pleasurable and less quality sex and infrequent orgasm because of what's being portrayed isn't what most people experience. And that's the virtual nature of it. Right. And then it's a little bit of a skewed route. Well, there's going to be some Hollywoodization in it, sure. right? And she's talking about in her email, though, we use it to help get ourselves going. And so, and she did learn a ton. And there are some things, yeah, I didn't know that position. We could try that. Sure. But there's also Christian sex positions, you know, f- uh, friendly Christian sex positions. I can't remember the name of their, <laughs> their site. Right. But, and then there's an app coming out that has a link to this that, that I'm working with uh, Dan Purcell mm-hmm. that has a lot of information in that too mm-hmm. on sex positions. Mm-hmm. And, and that gives you a good way to, oh, I didn't realize we could try it that way. And that's a little more of a safe arena to explore some of that. Well, let me throw out something that I'm hearing in her email and maybe you're covering this, maybe not. It, it sounds, I mean, she clearly said that she's not drawn to her husband anymore, right? And there's a way that she gets... The way that she gets turned on can be through porn. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like he feels like that's the only way he can get her. Like he realizes that's what gets her going. She's not drawn to me. How else am I going to get her going other than porn? And so, where is his creativity in figuring out? What can I do to entice my wife? Right. What can I can I be a student in my wife? And I don't want to put a blame game here or there. No, right? but, but, but you're describing a dynamic that is absolutely coming through in the way this is written. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a huge elephant in the room. Yeah. Because this goes back to what we just talked about in the first segment that we map each other in sexual encounters. That if you're paying attention and honest and have the courage to ask the questions, you know if your partner's into it or not. Well, and I'm wondering how he can actually feel strong in himself if he realizes the only way she can get into sex with him is if she's seeing somebody else on the TV. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, there's got to be something missing there for him, too. Well, it's at least worth acknowledging. I don't like the framework of it's missing but at least recognize, okay. okay, because some people don't have an issue with if my spouse gets turned on by somebody else and I get the benefit of that, that's great. I'm okay with that. Okay. Right? But there's also an element of that that you have to recognize, and this is that 
double-edged sword in a way. I don't want to be the sole uh, center of a person's universe mm-hmm. because that's that's not a beneficial thing. Typically, they they need to take care of themselves. It's a lot of pressure, the, and I need to do the yeah. same for myself. But I also need to recognize: Am I willing to accept the fact that something else turns on my spouse, not me? That's the I got to confront that. That's the same kind of thing we've done in a, in a show in the past. It comes to my mind of email that came in about the only way my wife is interested in sex is after wine. Right. Right. And so there's this element of, wait, alcohol is the attraction, not me. <laughs> and that's a o- overstatement, but it's yeah, still that I component that's a total of, overstatement, yeah. I have to start looking at myself as, all right, is it really, I just want my wife to be turned on so I can have sex with her? Or do I want to have a deeper connection with who she actually is? Well, and get and, into understanding yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's the key. Is my wife turned on by something else? Well, I kind of like knowing that she is a sexual being and she does get turned on, or my husband sure. is a sexual being and does get turned on. I don't want my spouse to be lusting after and focusing on this other thing. But I hopefully I, I like that my spouse is a sexual being and does get totally. turned on and hopefully they pull that and do focus on me. But I don't know. It's a broad range there. No, <laughs> it is. And there's a whole lot that's, that's, that's to be noted here because what matters to me on this is just like you're just picking up on Pam is there is a bigger issue going on mm-hmm. in this relationship, at least what's being described. Yeah. And that is, I am not turned on by my spouse and haven't been. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that's a deal breaker or a deal killer. There's a lot of people that have had that experience. Yeah. Right? And and have had it in seasons of their life. And so let's unpack that just real quick. Because there are, well, pin in that for a second. Because there's two more point studies that just came out in 2018 to point out that talks okay. about one is, there's a, it's re. Pornography use, at least as frequent pornography use, is related to loneliness, is mm. what's what been found because it doesn't you don't have real connection. Right. And then there's also a study that was longitudinal from 2006 to 2014. They surveyed 2,120 married adults and that found that overall the chance of divorce doubled for both men and women who started using porn after getting married. Really. Yep. And the higher the higher Porn use, it actually tripled for women if women were using porn. It went from 6% to 16% likelihood as part of the reason. I am really And it's not a linear because you use porn. That's a, there's, that's a, it's a contributing factor. It is not the sole factor. And we have to realize that as human beings. Yeah. Right? It's a component. It's not the thing. I'm surprised by that. And then the other thing, that, and this has been around, what well, this is the main research I keep finding before was it was Alfred Kinsey in 1948 did a study of male sexual behavior and he found that just 1% of men under 30 and 3% of men between 30 and 45 reported erectile dysfunction. And he was one of the pioneers of sexual research. Hmm. Alfred Kinsey was, okay? Yeah. So that's in 1948. 1948, okay. So in a recent study now of military servicemen more than a third of young military servicemen reported erectile dysfunction issues. Hmm. And then other studies among non-military youth around the world, 
they show marked increase after high speed internet porn became widespread. And so that's where it's playing out the most is you've got young people, quote unquote, experiencing what would normally be thought of as later in your life issues. They're experiencing it in their 30s and 20s. And so that's that's, that's one of the biggest issues. That, and that's the dopamine hit. That's mm-hmm. the that's the rewiring. That's the virtual. It's where the virtual becomes what draws you in rather than the connection. Mm-hmm. So back to your other statement of there's a bigger issue here that I'm not attracted. And what do I do about that? And that there are people that do, that have that happen because she's talking about a biology component is the way she's framing it of, I don't have a biological response necessarily. Sure. As far as initially when she's into it, it sounds like she does. Yeah. So well done. (laughs) you're responding in the middle of it. That's a good thing. Yeah. So how do you also then bring in the other aspects of the relationship, bring in the other aspects of him? How do you connect intellectually? How do you connect uh, emotionally? How do you connect spiritually? What was was the initial attraction? I wonder, you know, kind of go back to where did that come from? Right. And it could be, it wasn't his looks. It was his safety. It was his security. It was his ability to could provide, be. his ability to parent, his ability, you know. Humor or whatever. Right. Because all of those things matter and are important. But for some reason, we will put so much stock on, yeah, but that one's missing. And okay, it's a percentage of this pie, but it is not the whole pie. Right. Because likelihood is we've built something together. That's not worth just throwing apart because one pie shrunk a little bit. Yeah. So the best thing you can do is have the courage to say, you know what? The route in which we've been going for sex, I'm not okay with anymore. And I'm putting words in her mouth based on what she's saying and what you're picking up on, Pam. Yeah. I want to do other, other ways to get into this. And that might mean we have a season of not much sex for a while. Well, we're trying to figure that out because maybe we need to give room for the erotic or the fantasy or something that's not stimulated from porn, but is stimulated from something else within us. Right. And you see where that takes you and you see what that happens. But that is a courageous move to turn towards Mm -hmm. that I love seeing the clients I work with are the most courageous people on the face of the planet because they make those moves. And then it's they so go, worth it in the end if you try it out, even if it ends up failing and then you got to try plan C. Yep. It's so worth it if you try it out and make that move. Right. It's amazing how we can have the best hopes of, hey, let's get through all of this in the show. And then when we get started answering questions, we can't do them quickly. <laughs> No, no, no. We uh, we actually left out an email we didn't have time for. We'll get to that on the next one, I guess. Yes, we will. And I hope that that's not come. I don't think that comes across as a disservice because the whole the whole thing I think of is let's truly try to help frame conversations for what questions are being asked. Absolutely. And so, if you've got something that you are just stuck with. Um, keep running up against it's chronic something or you're just un it's just unknown you just don't know 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymergeradio.com because the smr nation helps drive this ship mm-hmm. and we want your words to help steer where we go 
This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.